Hi, this is Sean Shapiro, and this is another episode of TPS Traffic Jam. It's that podcast that talks about traffic. And today I have Erin Jones. She's a child passenger safety technician, but really an advocate. And she's joining us now to talk about her story and her experiences. And you need to be paying attention to this one. So I bring in Erin. Thanks for coming in, uh, and and good to see you again because it's been a couple of weeks now that uh, since I saw you in person in Toronto uh, at a child safety, uh, it's a child passenger safety summit. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, safety summit for uh, the company Cybex, so uh, that's where we met. Well, that yeah, but you invited me to that event, and I thank you for that because it was a, a great experience. I, and uh, uh, the there were things that that we get to hear about all the time, and in, in, in uh, learn about and different stories and developments in technology for the safety of, of child passengers. And uh, because I, I think that, and I know that, it's not, it's an easily misunderstood and often neglected area. We get into a car, we put our seatbelts on, we think we're okay. Uh, we, we put a kid into a, into a bucket, into a child safety uh, seat and slap it in the car and, hey, no problem, I put the seatbelt in, we're good to go. But that's not always the case. It's not always safe just because they're in a seat that looks or is sold as something that's that's safe there's no that's not guaranteed just because you bought it in the store right right uh so yeah um as we all know child passenger safety uh seats are complicated um they're not all the same they're not all universal like it's not a universal fit for everything so it's um it's often something that's overlooked. And uh, 73% of seats are installed incorrectly. So our goal as technicians um, is to bring that number down. I can tell you, and I was a police officer on the road doing enforcement whenever I came across a child safety seat and uh, I was stopping someone for another reason, or maybe I was stopping them just for that reason. I inspected it. Now, I was a qualified uh, technician way back when, and I know a few things about them. And I know that they actually have to be attached to the car. And I can't tell you how many times I pulled someone over and gave a little push to the seat, and it was not even secured to the vehicle. It was just sitting on the seat. So we see tremendous issues. And, and from not being installed properly to not being installed at all, uh, you know, and, and you've made it a mission to, to change that, to educate people. And you're doing it on social media and you're doing it as a technician when people, I guess, book sessions with you? Yes. Yeah. So uh, people can book private checks with me to make sure that their seats are okay. And um, I started doing like more live stuff too. I just uh, finished a winter gear and car seats uh, on Monday where I went live for that. So it was pretty interesting. Um and of course, community clinics to make sure that the community is safe. So, it, it's so important. Uh, we do this kind of stuff with the Toronto Police. In fact, I'm about to get recertified along with members of our team to be freshly uh, recertified in, uh, technicians because we want to make sure that we can help people and be up, you know up to date with all the changes. And there are developments and changes to technology all the time that make it safer. Um, that's why we don't want people using really old seats uh, that are expired. Because uh, there's, there's, I don't think people understand that these things don't last forever, that they actually have a life. Uh, the foam on them becomes brittle. It doesn't have the same ability to protect. Uh, and it, it, maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, so... Technology changes as well, right? So advancements in safety are always happening. And so if you have a seat that you had 10 years ago, well, that seat doesn't pass the same safety standards as it would today. So uh, what I like to do for parents um, 
sometimes mostly grandparents who don't, don't understand why their seat that they've had in storage for X amount of years is, is no good, uh, take a, a lawn chair. Uh, uh, you know, you buy a plastic lawn chair, it's green, it's that beautiful bright green. And after multiple years of use, it's not going to be the same bright green that it was when you first bought it. The sun damage, the hot and cold, we're in Canada especially, right? Like we we have extremely cold temperatures. So that plastic, although it's, it's made durable, it's, you know, it, it does get that wear and tear. So an expiry is extremely important to follow uh, to make sure that you have the most current up-to-date safety standards for your child. And, and we're talking about the most important cargo you can put in a car, which is your loved one, your child, your, you know, whether it be yours or a grandchild, they're important and keeping them safe should be the number one priority. Uh, and if you could do something to make it safer, why wouldn't you? And and exactly. that sort of leads me to, uh, to uh, you know, the laws aren't always the safest. Just because it's legal isn't necessarily the safest way to go. And unfortunately, you know all too well about that. Uh, and and I, I didn't warn anybody. I, I did in my live stream that we were going to talk about things and that it was going to get heavy. Uh, and it's about to get heavy because we're going to talk about what led you to become a child safety uh, or child passenger safety technician and advocate and uh, sort of your personal story if you're okay talking about it. Yeah. Uh, so 10 years ago, uh, March 21st, 2013, we were heading, we were living in Slave Lake, Alberta, and we were heading to Edmonton. And, and I buckled up my children according to the law. Actually, uh, I'm proud to say I was actually going above the law in Alberta. They don't have a booster law. So my two oldest children were in booster seats and my son was forward facing. Um, maybe an hour and a half into our trip, we were hit head on by a reckless driver. Uh, unfortunately, my sister-in-law and two of my children passed away and myself and my oldest survived. What I know now is that had I been properly educated and had the resources I needed to know that the laws are minimum and they weren't safe even back then, if my children would have been, you know, if my son would have been rear-facing and my daughter in a five-point harness, she would have had the potential to survive. And it's not that they would have survived, right? It's not about like, oh yeah, they totally would have survived. It's it's they could have survived. So I became a technician after seeing a story online of a child in the US who had suffered the same injuries that killed my son. And as a parent of loss, I was like, oh, well, like, why is this kid alive? And why is my son dead? And then I discovered technicians and what they do. And I joined um, the Child Passenger Safety Association of Canada. There was a local technician course and it just all flourished from there. And um, I shared my story for the first time publicly, uh, January, 2019, and it went viral from there. So, um, you know, it, it's it's been quite a journey to where I'm at and helping other parents make sure they don't make the same mistakes I did and to prevent this tragedy so that, you know, they, they still have their kids to hug at night um, is is my life's mission. So it's it's why I do what I do. Well, first off, I, I, I'm i so sorry for your loss. And I know it's been 10 years, but it doesn't get better. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. And I'm sorry that, um, that the, there weren't better options or better laws or better ways of protecting an education to make it possible to, to have that information before you got it. And I'm so thankful that you are now dedicating uh, your time to making, you know, child passengers safer 
And But people have to be aware of it, and you do a lot of outreach that way. We do a lot of it on our end too, and connecting just makes it better. But it, it is about being switched on and knowing what the rules are and doing the best thing, even if it's not the easy thing. Because you know, legally, and you've got some some signage behind you, four foot nine inches tall, uh, sorry, four yeah. Foot, four, yeah, four foot nine inches tall, um, 80 pounds, and uh, eight years old in Ontario would make you, for following any one of those three, legal for sitting without a, a booster. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that also includes anywhere in the vehicle. But we say backseat till 14 years old. That That is a big disconnect uh, where, uh, you know, you, you should be and where you might be. So let, let's talk about that, or let's, or let's go to wherever you want to start, because I, I jumped there because the sign said so. But Yeah, uh, no, um, so it's really important. Uh, it's actually the main reason I chose to put this here, because everybody's back to school, and those bigger kids are like, oh, my friend's not riding in a booster, so I don't need one. Well, the truth is, uh, vehicle seatbelts were actually designed for grown men. They were never designed for women, and they were never designed for children. So the top of the belt is so high up for the average, you know, the average man that uh, it makes it high up on a child who is sitting uh, without a booster. Because the booster is essentially, it raises the child up so the fit, the seatbelt will fit properly. Mm-hmm. So if you have that six-year-old whose friend isn't riding in a booster and that seatbelt is going right across their neck, they're not going to be safe in a collision. That seatbelt locks in a collision so can you imagine that poor neck whose bones aren't solidified like the damage it'll do so the four foot nine is the most important part of all the legislations that it should be made mandatory um so it's it's really important that parents understand that you know those seatbelts are made to protect you who have fully matured bones who have you know reached puberty um some parents kind of get awkward when I'm like, has your child reached puberty? And, you know, it, it's, it's the thing is, is, is I need to know for bone ossification. It, it's all about bone structure and, you know, having the strength to withstand one of those collisions. And, and the forward facing, uh, I mean, aside from the booster side, uh, we talk about forward facing uh, car seats versus rear facing. Well, rear facing is safest. Uh, and, and the suggestion is, I believe, four years. Uh, of age before you should turn around but people say well my my child doesn't like it and then they they turn it around and then you put that child at risk because their necks aren't strong enough to hold the weight in the event of a collision they're just it's putting undue pressure and that's when tragedy happens so my son was 17 months old and he was forward facing and so his spine wasn't fully developed and it only takes point zero three or zero it's a tiny, tiny millimeters for your spine to stretch before it snaps. So imagine a child that their their neck isn't um, fully formed. So their spinal cord will, will automatically snap with just like even a fender bender could potentially snap a baby's neck if they're um, too young to be forward facing. Yeah. So protecting that spine, cradling that spine and that spinal cord as long as possible Again, bone ossification uh, is the main thing. It's just ensuring you're doing everything you can to to protect them and uh, and and allow them to survive a situation or raise the the odds because it's it's about chance here uh, of survival. It's not about guaranteed survival. So you know, you talk about uh, rear facing. I, I don't think people understand just how how 
how dangerous it is when it's, when, when it's spinal neck injury. You know, some people take off their headrests sometimes. Well, headrests not being there, an adult can uh, be killed as a result of their head being, uh, you know, forced back in the event of a rear end collision. Like, it's just, we're a lot more fragile uh, as humans in general, and then children are that much more fragile than adults. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's, it's, it's just a thing. And, and nobody wants to talk about these things because it's scary. Um, but you talk about all sorts of scary stuff, and I commend you for it. Uh, now, going back to, to so we talked for, uh, rear facing to, to four years is suggested by medical professionals. Um, even if you have to do the origami thing with the ch- children's legs, because the truth is that some kids are tall and it's not going to be fun, and they may complain. But unhappy is better than than uh, not alive. Exactly, and also, you know, um, the thing is to so four is ideal right um however we do understand kids come in all shapes and sizes and some kids kids grow faster than others um so you know you really want to make sure that your child if your child isn't four and they've reached the 40 pounds rear facing or they've reached the 43 inches or whatever that the seat requires Mm -hmm. then okay you can turn your child forward facing at that point um it's just, it, it's really to reiterate that we're all, we would all be safer rear facing. Um, hard it, hard to drive looking backwards though. Well, so exactly. But we do have the self-driving cars now. So, you know, you never know. Um, yeah. We're not quite there, but we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I was going to say that, that that one of the other reasons and, and, and to support this whole concept of rear facing is that it distributes the load of impact that 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 energy across the entire spine. It 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 is not just one area that has a weak point that is now taking the brunt of that energy. It, it, it's I, I, if I can find a video, I'll I'll put I'll put it into the edit. But the the deal is safest best practices, and we do understand that if they qualify, you do have the option. But you're 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 making a choice. And then when you make that choice, you have to deal with the consequences. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like our laws are outdated, right? So it's really outdated. So the current legislation in the majority of the provinces, some of them are, have been in place in there since the seatbelt law um, took into effect, which is a long, long time ago. Um, And then, you know, some of the actual car seat laws are as old as I am and I'm 35. So it's it's time for a change. It's time for our, our governments to start listening to not just my advocacy. I have a whole army of technicians that are, you know, um, teaming up behind me and, and helping me push this cause. So, you know, the, the governments really need to start listening. And and it's tough because we're going to be telling people or if they're successful at changing laws, it's telling people to do things that might cost money or be uncomfortable or, you know, r- result in, in uh, complaints from young persons, which, you know, nobody wants to hear complaints. They just want to get to where they're going. So it's tough, but safety, safety comes first. So, you know, when we talk about transitioning from a rear bucket to a forward facing, I, I went to a convertible for my kids. So they, they had a bigger seat, more room from the bucket, but they were still able to be rear facing. And then eventually they, that, that changed to the front and it was a whole new world. They saw things and the, and uh, like like street uh, uh, signs. And they were, they got more involved in my drive. Uh, so it was a big it was a big progression. They were really excited. And then it's the front seat, back seat, and boosters. So what is is there anything in particular about boosters that that is really uh, uh, important to share besides the hitting the four foot nine? So yeah. So uh, to come out of the harness to go into the booster seat, uh, ideally you want your child to be forty pounds and above. Uh, 
the reason being, you know, it's it's crash test dummies weigh a certain weight. And so if the manufacturer says, oh, you can't turn that, you can't put that child in that booster till 40 pounds, you have to absolutely follow that. I mean, they test the seats, they see uh, what can happen. And mm-hmm. you want your child to be mature enough to sit in a, in the adult seatbelt, because ideally, even with a booster, you're sitting in the adult seatbelt. And so you want your child to have reached maturity, right? Mental maturity for that part. Um, and we don't see that until five and sometimes closer to six and seven before a child is actually mature enough to be able to use the seatbelt without slouching, without falling asleep, you know, like this, you, you know, um, and they're not going to reach down and grab a cup that they dropped. You, you want them to be able to sit still the entire time, which is hard for a child. I do understand, but you, you know, to sleep upright. And so it's really about that. And being a good passenger is a real thing. Yes, And if you absolutely. can't trust them to be a good passenger, then you have to do what's safest for them. And it's, yes. you know, taking taking control of the situation. And that's a grown-up job. Um, but these are all things that, uh, they, they you know, it's a short period of time, the, these boosts. Like really, in the frame of, uh, of or the big picture, is these are this isn't a lot of time spent in these chairs, but it's so important. And not all chairs uh, or, or boosters or products that are child passenger safety related are created equal. So I I went to great lengths of research to find one that would give me a larger span so I could have them, uh, you know, it, was, it converted from a forward facing to a, a booster and would accommodate a larger child because there's, you know, you could buy one that has a very short window of, of uh, a functionality based on size and some that accommodate much larger ones. Yeah. So, and, and the thing too, to remember that I try to remind parents as well is that three in one sale, right. Is not always a great option as well. So you always want to make sure that the seat has actually, actually fits your vehicle, right? Because not all seats are universal. There's some seats that are made larger. Some need a bigger recline for rear facing some forward facing need special uh, specifications. Each manufacturer has their own criteria for why, and how they have to be used. And in Canada, we have a pass-fail system. So if it's on the market, it's safe, but it's safe when used correctly 100% of the time. So what, what's the biggest piece of advice for I, I go to buy? Well, first of all, how do I buy one that I, knowing nothing, I'm a new uh, dad, a new mom, I, I've got to buy something because they won't let me take baby home from the hospital without one. How do I buy a bucket? How do I buy when I need the next level? And, and and know that it's going to be right. Do I do I call a safety technician in to get a, a, a consult or is there a website? Uh, yeah, so uh, you can always reach out to technicians. There's technicians all across Canada. Sibzac.org. Um, if you go on Sibzac.org, there is actually uh, a link to find a tech. There's also links of all the events happening, which next month uh, we have Child Passenger Safety Week. That will be the week of the 17th of September. Um, so, you know, it's, there'll be plenty of events and car seat, uh, clinics and everything all across Canada. And it's a great resource for parents that are questioning certain, um, aspects of their seat as well. You can always reach out to info at sipsac.org. Um, you know, so we have that resource available. People can always reach out to me as well at Haley and Trent's Law, um, on all social media platforms. And, you know, we can do some virtual checks if I'm not in your area as well. Um, But there are some stores that do have uh, child passenger safety technicians actually on hand. So one um, 
of the stores that may or may not, again, you'd have to check at sipsat.org. Some Toys R Us's have trained technicians. Um, in the province of Quebec, um, there's the Boutique Marilyn, who all their staff is trained as wow. a SIPSAC technician. So it was really great as well. Like when I went to Montreal and I did my clinic there, that all the staff was knowledgeable, all trained as technicians. It made it such a fun clinic. It was, it, you know, and we helped 33 families wow. uh, make sure their kids were safer. So it, 33 families in a three hour period. So it was, um, it was pretty great. It, it was amazing. So there, there's always resources out there. Are, are there any things that, that, let's say I've installed it myself, is there, I mean, obviously reading the manual is incredibly important. Like if you can't get to a technician, if you're insistent on do it yourself, read the manual and do what it says would be yep. the starting point. Make sure it's also compliant and, and, and within the, the expiry. But um, if I was gonna get into a car and I wasn't the person who installed it, I didn't know it was done properly. Are there any like indicators, like maybe it's loose or uh, you know, there's no back strap or things like that, that that might be indicators that I could see there an issue? Yeah, so one of the most common issues that I see at my clinics or my checks is that top tether, which in Canada, it's legally mandatory. Um, it ha helps with the rotational uh, pull, I guess, or push from uh, an impact so that your child doesn't wham forward in the event of a collision. Um, and always like, if you're concerned about your friend's install or something, it's you, you didn't do it, always check at the belt path with your non-dominant hand and make sure that seat's not moving any more than an inch side to side. Um, you know, with, for example, like a bucket seat, the base will flop up at the front a little bit. And that's normal because that's the rotational pull you need in case of a rollover. It's, it's the rebound of the seat. So okay. Uh, that's okay. But um, yeah, always, always check the belt path, non-dominant hand, firm handshake. That's how you know if it's properly installed. Um, and again, you know, not everybody knows every seat. I've seen thousands of seats <laughs> since I've been a technician. Um, so, you know, I've, I've installed, I think pretty much every single seat that's on the Canadian market at this point. And it's, it's not always simple. It's not always simple. And that's why as technicians, when someone comes to us, we have to uninstall the seat to make sure that nothing was missed underneath. It could be mm -hmm. a twisted strap in the back. It could be anything. So car seats are a little more complicated than people think. It's not uh, you just put it in and it's done. So Here's a, a couple of things that popped into my head as we were discussing it. Um, Hand-me-downs. Seats that are, uh, are are gifted to family members that were used by other family members when they had kids. Good idea, bad idea? So ideally, we would like to see people not uh, purchase seats off of Marketplace, right? Because you don't know the history. You don't know if it's been washed according to the manufacturer's instructions. You don't know if that person is going to lie and say it wasn't in an accident. When buying on Marketplace or, you know, Kijiji or anything like that, you have to ideally trust that stranger with your child's life. Mm -hmm. So same thing with a family member that's handing you down a seat. You know, you there is a checklist available at sipsap.org of stuff you can do for uh, used seats. And um, ideally, you know, expiry and stuff like that. So obviously, if you don't know it's a seat's history, you just don't use it. And, exactly. you're, and we can't guarantee what its history was if you didn't buy it brand new in a box. Uh, you mentioned collisions. Absolutely. If it's involved in a collision, it's garbage. And you should actually destroy it or make it unusable. 
Because if you yep. put it at the corner on the street, someone could pick it up with the intention of getting a free, and, and these can be very expensive seats. Getting a free seat could save a lot of money, but it could also put you in a big, uh, bad issue if you use oh, it. Oh, absolutely. That causes a, a problem. Um, you mentioned washing it incorrectly, not in accordance with uh, the specs. I, I understand that the pillows may not be a big deal. Um, obviously, you don't want to wash padding that because that could change the way it reacts in a collision. The biggest issue is the belts and the strapping. Yeah, so absolutely no no harnesses can ever be submerged in water um, unless you've got specific instructions from the many. Like if you contact the manufacturer and you're like, I really can't get this vomit smell out. Like, what do I do? Um, sometimes they'll give you, you know, extra cleaning instructions from them directly that they've tested so that they can be like, oh, yeah, use this instead. Or, you know, never use harsh abrasives, uh, baking soda. Absolutely never use baking soda. Wow. What happens is, um, you know, it, it's it's like, uh, that's it. it it's, it's abrasive, right? And so it could detach tiny fibers in your harness. You never know. And in your seat, it can rub off some of the flame retardants. And so many of the car seat companies are now making chemical-free flame retardants. Um, and it's very important. So a lot of people are like, I want zero flame retardants. And I'm like, do you know how fast it can catch on fire without it? You know, even your children's clothes have some sort of retardants in it so that your child doesn't combust into flames. Mm. And um, I would rather have a little bit of chemicals on my child than... So... Yeah, um, I, I I know that they've done, recently I've seen some wonderful TikToks where child's uh, toys or uh, uh, equipment and safety stuff was washed and then lit on fire and the difference between unwashed and washed was wild. Like it just took off like a like a match. Oh yes, it's great. Some of our technicians as well, they do tests with their seats and stuff. They're like, oh, this one's been washed like 10, 15 times. And then, um, yeah, like it's it's really, it's scary how fast it can burn if that flame retardant or it's been washed badly or. And you, and you think about it, you look, you talk about race car drivers. Well, first off, you, most people don't think about fire and cars as being a thing, but oddly enough, when collisions occur, fire is, is, is a very real possibility. Yeah. And also like, if you have like a baby mirror, which we don't recommend baby mirrors um as well because it's a projectile right everything in your vehicle is a projectile so uh there's actually a couple seats that have caught fire uh because of a mirror or have burned. concentrating light yeah because like you, you know your mirror's at an angle and it's hitting and you know like it just it it, it, it burns. i never thought i would have never thought of that um Okay, so we've talked about the, the mirrors and fire. We've talked about, uh, you know, collisions and seats. Um, what haven't we talked about? Winter clothing, that's a big one. And we're, we're, we're still at summerish, but starting to get cooler. <laughs> what about outside clothing? What about, uh, you know, in the dead of winter when we're, we're, we're going to put a child into a car seat? What do we do? So uh, in the winter, um, a lot of people are like, oh, well, what can I put my kid in? And the answer is safely, just a sweater and layers of clothes. Now, realistically, how many parents are actually going to listen to us technicians when we say not to do that is 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 not much. Um, so we do have safer options that are available, like a car seat poncho, actually, um, right here. This is a uh, Houston uh, car seat poncho that I'm currently reviewing. It's actually really sweet, really nice and heavy. 
Uh, you just put it on the child, you unzip it, put the straps on, and this goes above. Clearly, it doesn't go behind the child, not to create extra bulk. Um, so that's an option. And then there's car seat safe jackets that are also available. Um, there's one lady actually from Toronto uh, with Tempo Outerwear as well. She makes a three-in-one car seat safe jacket. And then there's cool. Buckle Me Baby jackets from the U.S. that also have a really good um, jacket as well. And a Columbia fleece actually is something we really recommend for little infants uh, in the infant seats. It's, it's um, funny you say Columbia uh, fleece because uh, a, a good friend of mine suggested and, and now calls it the, you know, the car jacket. He has the winter jacket. He has the car jacket, both as an adult and as a passenger, as his child. They wear these very thin uh, microfiber type layers, and that gives them a layer of warmth. It is not something that is bulky and padding that 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 takes the pads and creates distance between the seatbelts and the body. So those are the things that are that are that are safest. Yeah, exactly. So like even us adults, we shouldn't have big poofy jackets under our seatbelt because mm-hmm. the amount of layers that you have between your seatbelt and your body is that much more space you're going to have if there's a collision because that belt has to compress against you. So if it's like got like this thick of fabric between you and your seatbelt, you you may likely fly out of your vehicle. That seatbelt won't do the job for you as a grown adult. I think a lot of people don't understand how collisions work. And essentially, if you're traveling at speed, and we'll just use 100 kilometers an hour as a number out of the air, when when you hit something that is not moving, the vehicle and you are all traveling at the same speed. And as things make contact, they stop moving or decelerate rapidly. So the bumper stops. It's no longer moving. The rest of the car is still compacting into it. You are still moving. Well, then you travel until your seatbelt stops. Well, your jacket may make contact with the, uh, the seatbelt, but because the seatbelt is not firmly against your body, you are still traveling at that speed until you have that second moment of free movement, and that can cause other injuries. In fact, your organs moving inside of your body are continuing to travel at speed until they come crashing into your rib cage and so on. There's a lot of things happening in the, the, the workings of a collision, and you want to minimize the number of impacts by wearing the appropriate clothing. And it, it, it is more technical than yeah. most people give it credit for. Yeah, no, absolutely. So let's say all things are are done. We've got a new seat. We've read the instructions. We, we, uh, we're wearing the right clothing. We've installed it correctly. And hopefully we've had it checked, if not installed, by a technician. In fact, I don't know about, but about CPST through uh, SIPSAC or other organizations, but we, when I started this 20 years ago, 23 years ago as a technician, we would install for people. Do you install for people? Uh, no, ideally, no. Um, there are some situations, some exceptions. Clearly, if there's an extremely pregnant woman that comes for a prenatal check, I'm not going to make her, you know, uh, do all that. I don't want to have to deliver a baby in my yard. Um, (laughs) (laughs) no, thank you. Um, but you know, so, uh, we do not install for you. Uh, true CPST will show you how to install your seat correctly and make sure that you can use it correctly. So, when it's, for example, uh, a new seat that came out on the market that a client comes to my house with that I've never played with, um, I'll be like, okay, so let's learn together. And we'll install it, and I'll show you how it's done. And then I, I install it, and I make sure that the parent's able to do it themselves. Because you want the parent to be able to replicate what you did when you're not around. You know, 100%. you don't want them to come back to you at like 5 o'clock in the morning. I can't do my seat, you know. So, um 
we are also switching between vehicles so often, you know, and, and by the way, we do the exact same thing. We stopped installing many, many years ago. We install, uh, and then we uninstall because one was an instructional and then we watch you install, we check it and we make sure that you can do it. And that's, that, that's the way that we impart knowledge and that's the right way to do it because you need to be able to do this without us there. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, is that it? We're just, we're just safe. We're good to go. We've got, or is there more to the story still? If you've installed your seat correctly and, you know, it doesn't move side to side and, you know, you're ready to go, there's also you as a passenger that should make sure that your belts are on correctly. So again, just like your child who's in a booster seat in the back, you need to make sure that that belt is always coming across your chest properly, your shoulder, not on your neck. I know some some vehicles don't have the adjusting. I'm super short, so I have no choice. I have to make sure it's at the lowest setting, um, you know, and across your hips, your hip bones you always have to be safe as a passenger as well. And one thing that's really great is to, um, you know, make sure that you are also mindful of all the projectiles you have in your vehicle. So we are human. We have coffee, we have change, we have our purses, we have our phones. Uh, you shouldn't be texting and driving, but we have our phones in the car. And, um, so all that's a projectile. And something that we like to tell parents, especially new parents as well, is that scraper in the wintertime as well. So it's another safety tip. That scraper, put it in your trunk. Yes. Tie it down if you can, if you have an open trunk, because that's a projectile and that's going to come at you with full force if you're in a collision. Imagine if you have an infant, you know, that can totally harm your child. For sure. So, I was going to say that that we really don't take into consideration other things, book bags, computer, laptops, all these things weigh stuff. You wouldn't want to throw your uh, a, a laptop bag at your kid full of books and computers. Why would you want it to be hitting them in the event of a collision? So yeah, trunk is best. You want to have as little as possible in the passenger compartment that you can. Yep. And um, anything beyond that is just unnecessary injury. Uh, I'll never forget a friend of mine, my, my old neighbor, uh, was was not only in a collision, but he rolled the vehicle. I don't remember exactly how it occurred, but he said that he and the entire contents of the vehicle were covered in Diet Coke, like just <laughs> just coated. When vehicles are are in in a spin in a in a in a twirl, uh, you know it's it's, it's going. Uh, all, nothing is going to stay in one place. It is going to be everywhere, and you may be severely injured by the contents of your vehicle. Maybe even more so than the original collision itself. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And and like speaking of coins, even like even your change in your car, have you ever got thrown a quarter across the head? It really hurts. Um, so can you imagine if you're going like 100 miles an hour and you it's 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 uh, not an ideal situation. So you could be hurt more by the coins than even the collisions sometimes. And and you can't use the the uh, the excuse of but I'm a good driver because it doesn't matter how good you are or how good you think you are, uh, bad things happen to good people. And, yep, uh, absolutely. Um, our, our collision is an example, you know, uh, uh, we were traveling in the winter. Uh, it was snowy. The roads weren't closed. So, you know, you, you go and you drive according. Uh, we were going about 80 and the guy who hit us was going about 100, 120. So it wasn't us. We were driving safe. It, it's the other vehicle who hit us that, you know, uh, wasn't being safe. So no matter how good you are, you do not know how good the passenger, the driver in front of you is you don't know how distracted they are. You don't know if they have their phone, their GPS, it stops working and they go, oh, come on, work. You know, you have no idea. Um, it, it just, you 
have to see life in a way that you're preventing collisions and accidents and everything as much as you can. It's all about prevention. Prevention is key. Yeah. Be as safe as you can all the time and prepare for the worst, hope for the best, and be the safe driver. And that is someone who follows the laws, is is switched on, is paying attention, is not touching their phone, is not speeding. And you know, if you've if we're even interested in car seats, it suggests that you may be dealing with children. And here's two parts to this. One, protect them with everything you can. There's no undo button, there's no oopsie do. Uh, there's no do-overs. And remember this, even if there's no collision, everything you do while they're sitting in that chair watching you is teaching them how to be a safe driver. And if you're an unsafe driver, guess what they're going to do when they're in the driver's seat many years from now? So be the best advocate for safety from day one. Even if yeah. it makes, you know, putting down that phone, uh, what you have to do, which is what you're supposed to do because it's against the law to use. <laughs> but if you can do that now, you might save your child's life when they're an adult. Think about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. They, they learn from us, so. Yeah, the education starts much earlier than you'd think, which is well before the uh, uh, the driving lessons begin, you know, at 16. Uh, I really, I, I've been looking forward to talking to you about this stuff for so long, uh, since we, well, especially since we spoke, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. Is there anything else you want to tell the world? Like, as a message uh, from a mom? Uh, yeah, so don't take life for granted. Uh, things can happen in a matter of minutes and then you're left with nothing. So it's it's good for you to have an open mind and, and listen. If, if someone's telling you, hey, I don't think your child's installed correctly or I don't think your child's safe in your vehicle, um, just maybe listen, you know, and, and I know it's hard because, you know, I was that parent. So, someone actually had told me before the collision happened, oh, well, you know, like your child's not safe. And I was like, hey, let me parent. I'm, I'm keeping my kids safe. Um, so, you know, it's don't, when you know better, you do better. And that's, I think, the most important message out of all of this. When you know better, you do better. I like that. And we can always know better. We can always learn more. There's always something new and, and changing. If they want to get in touch with you, uh, the the website again? Uh, they can reach out to me personally on all my socials uh, via Haley and Trenslaw. Uh, pretty much every platform is Haley and Trenslaw. And okay. if they want to reach out for a technician near them, sipsac.org. Uh, and they'll have all the options to reach out for a technician as well as events near them. Awesome. And it's it's one of those things that you have to do the research in advance. You ha And there's no time that's too late. If today's a good day to start researching, learning, and getting help. And I know that we're working with the Toronto Police. The Toronto Police are working on having installers recertified so that we can start offering clinics and helping out uh, here in Toronto. But uh, there's options available today. There's no excuse for putting it off till tomorrow. Do everything you can to keep your children safe. And if you're driving, even if there's no children in the car, do everything you can to keep everybody else's children safe. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've like I, I said earlier, when I was an, a, you know, an officer on the road doing enforcement, inspecting and finding unsafe situations. But I was also paying attention to those cars because the drivers were using their cell phones, were, were speeding, were doing other things. So it's great to have your children properly buckled, but 
be a safe driver. Like again, there's no undo button, and people roll their eyes and say that I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Just know that it's on you when it does go yeah. badly. Absolutely, so, Aaron. It's been awesome. Uh, it's, it's been I, great. I thank you. I, I, I will, we'll do this again because I'm sure that questions will come from this. If you do have questions and you put them in the comments, I will make sure that we can share them uh, with Aaron and we can get you some answers and uh, we can create some content to address the concerns and questions that you may have. So if you uh, if you go to trafficop.ca, I will put a link to uh, well uh, to Sipsack. We already have a link there, so go to trafficop.ca and uh, we'll we'll share any resources we can there and uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> absolutely perfect thank you it was a pleasure I, it, it, my pleasure so uh we will talk to you soon and for everyone watching thank you so much for for tuning in so uh, so much for uh for paying attention to the end and I, what i probably should put on the bottom of the screen is please share this with every parent you know everyone can can benefit from this particular episode um our, our episodes are all important but this one's really really important so share it please and uh thank you <laughs>